Episode 3 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. I'm getting all emotional. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 3 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Owls, your monthly podcast on creating change in the behaviours you have to create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits you have with it. It's been a pretty busy month for me as always, uh, seems to be the way life rolls nowadays and it's kind of funny with this month's show. I, um, I had an idea that I was basically going to do this big show on nutrition, on, on some of the facts around nutrition which are really interesting and how they affect our decision making process and put a lot of research into that one and then um, and then a couple of weeks ago I kind of thought well, actually maybe I should do another show on another area and then last week I've, I've completely changed my mind and I'm doing this week's month's show on this one area that um, I'm going to focus on. The reason I decided to do that was because I did this interview last week which had some information which I thought I could share with you so uh, that's pretty much going to be this this month's show but I will get around to doing the nutrition one and, and well you know I've got plenty of shows in front of me so um, you'll you'll get to see all the good stuff coming forward a couple of things I have done is I've, I've released um, or, or started up a Facebook page for this podcast so if you go to www.bevanjamesisles.com and go to the fitness behavior page you just see a little like button there if you could do me a favor and push the like button if you're enjoying the show it's just a really good way to help me promote the show on Facebook and also um, I've put one on for my website as well so if you want to do that again I write a lot of content so you can go on my website read any of the articles and if you enjoy them that's really great another thing if you want help spread the word of the show is get out there and just let your friends know you know what I'm doing and if you're enjoying it you know obviously tell them about it uh, I'm going to pretty much get straight into this month's show it's um it's about 35 minutes long so let's rock and roll and get the music on I'm, I'm currently in the, in, in the in my mind I'm, I'm starting to think about maybe the idea of writing a book um, the podcast is going extremely well. Um, some of the writing I'm doing in other areas, is, is people seem to be liking a lot. And so in my mind, I'm kind of just in the back of my mind. I'm thinking maybe over the next year to 18 months, that could be something I, I choose to look into doing. And I'm a big believer that if you're going to do something in life, it's it's a good idea to talk to people who had experience in the area so they can maybe help you through some of the hurdles that you know I may have to overcome in the process of writing a book. So a few weeks ago, I, e- I emailed a lady I know who's... Um, had a book published and and got it in the big you know the big stores around the country and you know obviously got a big distribution network and and I just wanted to kind of catch up with her to see you know how her process of writing a book went and maybe some of the things that I can avoid and some of the things I can do to be more successful in the process so we we planned to meet up at the local coffee shop and I went along to the coffee shop and it was quite funny because I knew uh, the guy who owned the shop I hadn't seen in years so we caught up before and a bit of a chat and seeing how his life's going and and eventually this lady came along and and uh, we sat down we had a really good conversation around her experiences of publishing a book and what she thought I could avoid and where she thought I should put my energy in, you know, if this is something I really want to pursue. And it was um, it was real value for me in, in the time I spent with her and I definitely got a lot of insight into some of the things that I maybe need to do if I am going to pursue this idea of writing a book. And after a while, after I'd finished my chai latte, because that's what I seem to drink, 
sometimes hot chocolate, but I did love my chai latte. Um, we kind of finished, you know, the whole conversation around books and we moved on to the area of, of fitness. Partly because that's kind of the area I, I'm kind of known for and I was telling about podcasts and some of the writing and so on. So kind of fitness is where we were kind of, the, the conversation moved towards. The few things you need to know about this lady, first of all, her area of expertise is the idea of uh, time management. She, she does a lot of time management content and uh, she's really found herself a nice market to, to do really well with time management. And so in this one area of her life, she's hugely successful. She has a good business that teaches tools of time management and uh, she obviously lives by those, those principles. She promotes herself and she has products that go alongside it. So she has this real area that she's really competent in. And the, the, I actually met this lady through doing some public speaking. Uh, both of us had done some talks together and and uh, we had that connection through that. And, and she's a really good public speaker. The other thing you need to know is that she is overweight. She uh, has a weight problem that she she's pretty upfront and honest about that she really struggles with. And so around the conversation, she started mentioning that she pulled away from public speaking a little bit recently. And, and I was kind of curious to why she would be doing this because... She'd been, you know, she'd been travelled with it, she'd done really well with it, she'd been to conferences and, you know, around the world doing this public speaking kind of thing. And so I was fascinated to see why she was doing this. And so I asked her, you know, well, why did you pull away? And it became kind of clear that her weight was affecting this area of her life. And what she was saying, the stuff, you could see in her face, you know, her, her facial expressions were really expressing a sense of, maybe disappointment in self or um, a little bit of unhappiness or maybe not unhappiness is the best word but just a little bit of disappointment or maybe a little bit of being ashamed because she felt her weight was making her lose credibility as a speaker that for her to get up on stage and to be overweight people wouldn't necessarily take the message so much because they would judge her based on the decisions she's making around her healthy lifestyle and I could see this as well, she even expressed that this was a real limiter for her and, and it was really fascinating because this is a woman who has so much so much value to offer and just because this one era is really holding her back and so we went on and we had this conversation and I came up with some ideas that maybe we could help her out and, and you know maybe she took them on board maybe she didn't and the conversation kind of wrapped up and we went our own ways and I went home from the coffee and I, and, and I just, it was kind of on my mind this whole situation she was in here we had this lady who is this one area of her life where she's she's kind of an expert, and, and, and you know time management. She she's figured out a system that works extremely well for her in an area where most people struggle nowadays. You know, with with this kind of you know attention grabbing world we live in, most people are struggling with time management. Whereas this lady had really found that place and that system to work for her, and then she had this other area of her life where she really struggled. And I sat down and I, and, I, and I thought about it and I thought, well, what was the difference between time management and her, her eating and, and exercise decisions? And it became clear to me that in one area, she had bad emotions around them. In the other area, she didn't because she'd found a system in place for what she did. Emotion is a, is a really interesting thing and it really is a part of what makes us a human being and, and some emotions are really great for us and some emotions actually have a negative effect on what we do. 
And when we get to that negative place, so like when we think of like, for example, if I'm thinking positive emotions, one thing I've encouraged my athletes to do recently is when they've finished a training session and the drive home, put their favorite song on, like amp that song up, the one you love right now, that gets you feeling all emotionally high in that, and then go through a praise process of your the, the training session you've just done. So that's an example of where we can use emotion to our advantage. But when we think of negative emotions, you know, the ones that make you feel bad, um, dislike, you know, anger and all those types of things, often when we go to our negative emotions, we make irrational decisions. An example of this would be, I'm sure all of us have had experiences of breaking up with partners where, you know, or... You know, you know, you get all irrational and you say things that are just stupid that you'd never normally say or you do things. Uh, I remember once when I broke up with a partner, I ended up going and checking her emails because I wanted to find out what she was doing. And, and there's no way in my life I'd ever do that kind of thing. But because I was in a negative emotion, I was irrational around my decisions that I was making to the point where I did something I'd never thought I'd normally do. And I look back to my friend I went to coffee with and... In one area of her life, in time management, she made emotional decisions that were positive and rational. But then in the area of her life, for example, eating, she made emotional decisions that made herself feel bad about herself, which led to more irrational decisions around what she was doing. That when she, when she ate bad food, it made her feel more bad about herself, but that then led to making more bad decisions around exercise and dietary habits. I'm sure all of us listening to this right now can think of examples in their life where there's been a negative emotion you know, around a situation or, or a feeling within yourself. It can be harmful, it could be you know, sadness, it can be self-loathing or whatever it is. And then you think about the decisions you make around that time when you're in that emotional place. You know, look back to that time, think back to that time in your own life when you've been in that place and look at some of the decisions you've made at that time. So it got me thinking, well, how can we learn to deal in a place where we can handle, where we can figure out that we are going to these emotions, and then how can we change it so that we make better decisions in these emotional states, or even move ourselves out of these emotional states? Because ideally, you know, if we can if we can identify that we're picking up on, well, I'm going to a place where I'm feeling bad about myself, which is then going to make me eat, you know, a whole packet of biscuits, which, you know, when we look at the calories in that, it's not going to be good for the overall plan. How can I get myself to A, maybe not go to that emotional place, or B, when I'm in that emotional place, learn to make better decisions that aren't so self-destructive and harmful in the outcomes I'm going for? And it's funny how life works because you have these little things that all link together. And I actually did an interview last week for my other podcast um, called I Am Talk. I do a triathlon podcast, which is completely different to this, but it's it's kind of a fun podcast I do around triathlon. And I, I got to interview a guy called Chris Macca McCormick. Um, his nickname's Macca. Now, a couple of weeks earlier, Macca had been racing in the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. And a few things you need to know around what we're talking to here is... Um, Last year, in 2009, no, yep, 2009, in Hawaii, Maka got off the bike and got to the front of the pack pretty much, pretty early on. And it looked like 
he was going to win the race. It looked like that Mecca was going to take it out. That there was another guy slightly in front of him, but really he was the best runner out there, and it looked like he was going to make it. And then with around maybe 10 to 15 k's to go in the race, he just blew, and he blew. Game over. So he was no longer in for the win of the race. He, he showed some really amazing mental strength to come back and to pull off a fourth, but you know his chance at winning the race was lost. Fast forward to 2010. Mac is in a situation where he's got off the bike, he's chased down everyone, and he's got into the lead at around about the same mark as last year where he cracked, just a little bit further up the road. He was starting to lose time to the competitor behind him, a guy called Andreas Raylert. And Raylert was catching him up really, really quickly. So imagine the place you are in right now as an athlete. A place where you're almost in the identical spot to where you were last year, where you cracked. You knew the guy behind you was coming up and catching you by about 15 k's, um, 15 seconds a mile. So, And there was so much more time left in the race that you knew that this could be a problem. So I just want to chuck a little bit of this interview on and just listen to what Mecca says around what was going through his head at this moment in the race. So, so at this stage, you're realising you're losing, he's starting to gain on you? Yeah, well, that's where I started. I was pushing out towards the energy lab. I had 220 over Polani Hill, and then I started losing 15 seconds a mile to him. Yeah. I was like, far out, okay, he's he's coming. And uh, I was having a bit of a, you know, I was, I was starting to push it, force it, you know, where the, where the miles were ticking up a lot easier along a leaky drive. I was starting to have to, to force out the six-minute miles here, and, uh, and I, well, they were a bit higher. They were at 6.15s I was running, and I... Um, and I was losing 15 seconds, 15 seconds. And as I got to about mile marker 10, I was a minute 20 up and uh, 10 miles from the finish at mile marker 16. Yeah. I was a minute 20 up. I'd been losing exactly 15 seconds a mile to him in those last four miles. I went, you know what? Jump off the gas. He's going to catch you. Yep. Just you. accept that he's going to catch you and um, take your time through the energy lab. Focus on your nutrition. You've been here a million times. You've been here so many times. This race, you've got to be ready for the assault, running good in the last 10 kilometers. And let's focus on nutrition. Get ready for the for the for, for him for that run home. Yep. And uh, and when I made that decision, I felt good. I was good about it. You know, take the emotion out of it. It does. It really does. That's yeah. exactly the best way of describing it. Like you're not forcing it anymore. You're like, okay, he's coming, and you you just make that decision, and you're like, let's What's just slow it down a little bit yeah. and focus on on what I can control. Hear that? Focus on what I can control. Here's a situation where this guy is is one of the world's best athletes, where he's getting all this pressure put on him by a competitor who's catching him quickly, and there's long enough in the race where he can crack and it can all go to custard. And he's had experiences of cracking a year before in this situation. This is one of those places where emotions are at their highest that you can experience. Just imagine the thoughts that would be going through your head right then. Imagine the self-doubt. Imagine you know, imagine everything that would be going through your head as, as you know, your dream may be crumbling again all around you. You know, what kind of decisions or what emotional place would that take you to Mecca was able to, in that moment, figure out that getting all stressed about it wasn't the best thing he could do. The best thing he could do was accept the situation and look at his decision-making process moving forward. Later on in the interview, he talks about how he put better nutrition in his body. He calmed down going through the aid stations because 
if when you're doing Ironman, the aid stations are often quite a, a hectic experience, and so you rush through them, and you, you kind of don't get much of the nutrition you need, whereas he slowed down and got the good nutrition, and which led on to him eventually having one of the best Ironman races of all time, winning the race, taking off with about a K to go, which is, th- that race will go down as one of the top three Ironman races of all time. What Mecca was able to do was in a highly emotional state to remain, to remove the emotion and to then make decisions that were rational decisions which led to him having a better performance. In a highly emotional state, he was able to remove the emotion or change the emotion is maybe a better way of putting it to help him make better rational decisions which made him make better, have a better performance. When you think about your life and you think about the emotional areas of your life, you know, all the different areas of your life, and, and I imagine most of us have some areas where we're really emotionally strong and other areas we have where we really maybe struggle around some of the decisions we make and the effects of those decisions have on our emotion or even how our emotion affects us going into that decision-making process and sometimes the effect of these uh, negative emotions are that we actually feel really bad about ourselves and and when you feel bad about yourself you don't necessarily make good decisions because again you're in bad emotions and you get all irrational so one thing I try to do in this podcast is to to provide some solutions around certain situations and and there's some things that I think that we could maybe work on and in the areas where you know you're making bad decisions based on emotion I think the first thing to wonder to think about is what is the effect of this decision on me emotionally so because what happens when we're in a bad emotional place let's say let's look at the food situation um, you're feeling bad about yourself maybe you're, you're unhappy with your weight or something like that so you're feeling bad about yourself and so you tend to look for instant gratification and instant gratification means you get a, a small reward for something that you know, that you do right now, but necessarily the long-term effect of that small reward is actually more negative than the small reward you have. So, for example, you're feeling bad about yourself because you're overweight and maybe you feel you can't win that battle. So you go get a packet of biscuits and you eat a whole packet of biscuits. Now, while you're eating those biscuits, there is a reward. The food is good. You, you kind of almost allow yourself to let go of that moment of the negativity around what you're doing. But the effect of that decision has a long-term effect that is a lot harder. I, I, I was actually interested. I was talking to my partner about this, about how how much energy a bad decision takes from you. So, you know, if you can eat a packet of biscuits for the longest period afterwards, you're so much of your thoughts and your energy go on the fact that you've done a bad decision, and it's like the, the energy cost of making that decision is really huge. So before you get to these moments where you're making bad emotional decisions, start to look at what is the effect of me making this decision. I suppose, first of all, we'll even take a back step from there and, and, and if, is really identify the key areas in your life where you do have negative emotions which lead to bad decisions. Um, I, I don't imagine many of you have, you know, all negative emotions in your whole life, So, but there's probably some areas, you know, around maybe doing exercise or eating or, you know, it's, it's totally different for everybody, but what are the, the areas of your life where you know you make negative emotional decisions that have bad decision make you know create bad decision making process for you and then what bad decisions do these lead to when you're in that negative emotion so first of all identify 
where the negative emotions are in your life and look at the, the bad decisions you're making around those in your everyday life. You know, you can go back to the instant gratification example I used before with the foods, you know, I feel bad about my weight, but because I feel bad about my weight, I tend to make more bad decisions. You want to start to become more aware of the situations that take you to those emotions as well. So you might have, um, you know, when you're at home, and this is a little bit like the environment stuff I talked about in the last podcast, you know, which environments are you in that are creating those negative emotions? When you think about those those environments, think about what's your self-talk in those places? What do you say to yourself? And, and what's your, you know, what, do you, what is your strategy for success in those places? Are there um, certain people that bring these emotions on as well? You know, look at all the things that create that environment that lead to you feeling bad and then lead to irrational decisions that make you make worse decisions in the long term. Another question to ask when you look at these bad emotional decisions is how do the habits build towards you making those decisions you know what are the habits that you create let's say you're watching tv and an air breaks comes on and the instant thing is you instantly think to stand up and walk towards the fridge it's it's the lead start towards the habit of eating bad food or um <clears throat> when you look in the excuse me, when you look in the fridge and you see bad food, there is that the habits leading you towards. You know, we we talk about one in the future. I'm going to talk about the idea of an action trigger in one of the podcasts. But an action trigger basically says, you know, what triggers the action towards the final outcome. And when you start to look at your negative emotional states, what are some of the action triggers that are leading you towards making bad decisions? And then I think. Um, another thing to think about is what is your history around making these decisions because most of the time most of the decisions we make in our daily life are just a habit that we've built, built and built so what is the history that's created the place where you've gone to making these bad decisions ongoing and what does that do for you the thing is it's really hard to overcome this stuff like it's not necessarily an easy task just to just to remove emotion from your life and to remove bad decision-making process because you tend to find that a lot of it you've been doing for a very long time and so it's installed in the way you live your life. So when I think about how do we change emotional decisions, I I look at it like war. (laughs) I really do. I think that if you're going to go to war and you know that you're going to battle something big, you're going to go with an amazing plan to make you successful in overcoming this war. So to me, war means planning war against bad emotional decisions and I suppose the first thing to really think about when we think of the war against the bad emotional decisions is that the battles take time and battles can be hard and in battles you sometimes lose certain steps of the process so I suppose the first thing I want to talk to here is I've written down a few things to really think about and and learning to overcome your bad emotional decisions but the first thing to think here is that you're going to make mistakes. And this is one of the biggest things with people who have, uh, who have a long-term habit of making a certain bad decision, emotional decision, is that, I, I, you know, the example I think of is, is smokers. I've got a mate who's a smoker, and um, he'll give up smoking for a period of time, and, and he's doing, like, they'll do really well, maybe quit for three to six months, and then one night, and oh, it tends to be that when he drinks, that, you know, he'll still want to have a smoke, and I'm not sure why that is, but it seems to be a common thing that smokers have, 
And one night he'll go out and have a smoke, and then suddenly the next day he's gone right back to square one, where he's back to smoking however it was, how many it was before he started giving up smoking. And it's in those moments when we make a mistake, it's like we go back from, we lose all the progress we've made. So the first thing to think of before you even take on endeavor this war against your bad emotional decisions is to, to go, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes. But those are learning opportunities for me so that next time when that, that same situation comes up where I have to make the decision, I can figure out what went wrong that time and what I can do better next time. So my mistakes aren't that I'm bad, my mistakes are a learning opportunity. This is really important because if you think you're bad after you make a mistake, you just go back to square one and, and sometimes even go further in the wrong direction, you know, because you feel so bad about yourself. But if you realize that, you know what, all humans make mistakes and this is just a learning opportunity to help me move forward, then you look at the situation and you look at maybe the causes that made you make those bad emotional decisions. So that's the first thing you've got to think of. The next thing, an idea I came up with was, was, what can you do to make it hard for you to make bad decisions? What can you do to make it hard for you to make bad decisions? So for example, if you know food is a weakness and you know that chocolate biscuits are a weakness, why would you have chocolate biscuits in your cupboards? Because in your moment of weakness, you know that you would go to the cupboard and there would be chocolate biscuits and you're going to down all those chocolate biscuits. You know you're setting yourself up for failure. So if you're going to make it harder to make bad decisions, you would remove those chocolate biscuits from your house. You wouldn't have them. And also, you'd also make sure that there were some really healthy options that when you look in the cupboard in a moment of weakness, you'd, you'd see, I don't know, maybe a nice piece of fruit that you saw and you, that was almost like an identification mark that you had to eat this to help you overcome this emotional decision. So think about all the areas where you make bad decisions and what those decisions you actually make are. And then how can you make it harder for yourself to make those decisions and how can you make it easier to put a better option in front of you in that moment of weakness? Another idea is to write down some affirmations for you to read at that moment of weakness. Um, I'm a real big believer in affirmations and I, and I will do a whole podcast on the on the concept of affirmations and why they are so powerful but something that you can just go to maybe say in your head or something you can read in that moment of weakness or something you can pull out of your wallet in that moment of weakness that just takes you to a place where it just keeps you on task. Uh, I'm also a big believer in music and in music um, emotional states um, the concept of you know putting your favorite song on that you love right now and you just put that on and you read an affirmation for a minute and just you know you, it's kind of gets you through those hard times so uh, I think that's something you could really do how are the people in your life going to help you in these decision making processes sometimes we feel we're letting people down around us we feel that especially the people really close to us because they've known our decision-making process for so, such a long time. So we're almost embarrassed, you know, like you walk, you know, you're eating chocolate biscuits or you're eating something bad or you haven't, you said you're going to do exercise and you're sitting on the couch and you're not doing it and, and the person you live with, you know, heard you say this a million times and so they've lost a little bit of faith in you and, and you feel embarrassed because you've let yourself down again and, and subconsciously everyone in the room knows about this. You need to be really clear to the people in your life what you need from them that you need support that, you know again this is a process where you're going to make mistakes 
and but the clearer you are to them the more they are able to help in a way that works for you that, that doesn't create blocks or barriers that you put up between your relationship with that person so look at the people in your life around the areas where you make bad emotional decisions and just sit down and talk to them and, and be clear about what they can do to help you through the process of, of getting over these hurdles Again, it won't always work out because this is a journey. And when it stuffs up, again, sit down with them and look, hey, how can we use this as a learning opportunity moving forward? Build strong habits. When you look at the bad habits you're creating in your life, look at every step it takes for you to make that bad habit. Like I was saying before, getting up off the couch when you're moving into, you know, an ad break. Look at every every step of the process that creates those bad emotional habits for you and start to build strong habits that give you the effect that you desire in your decision making process I think I want to talk back to um, podcast number one where I talked of the concept of small movement forward when you start to build those habits just small steps you know what's the one small thing you can do moving you in the direction that you need to go around this habit and then start to build those blocks towards success as you make that right step you know reward yourself mentally you know well done I did really great to make sure I built this habit because habits take time to build you know, this is this concept of, of changing habits being really hard is, is really interesting and I, um, I, it reminds me of a study that I read recently where the the study people got a group of pe- two groups of people and the first group of people what they did is they put them in this room where they just baked these beautiful cookie biscuits. And they sat them down in this room for a period of time, and they said, whatever you do, please do not eat any of these biscuits. And But the thing was, they put the biscuits right in front of them. And the biscuits had just come out of the oven, and the smell was beautiful, and the room was warm, and temptation was just in their face the whole time. Then they got a second group of people. And the second group of people, they said the same thing, please do not eat the food in front of you. But they used a non-exciting food, something like radishes. And they put them in front of them and they said, look, please do not eat these foods. When they came back from the period of time where the people were left in the room by themselves, neither group had eaten the food. But then what they did is they took them through to another room. And they started to give them some quizzes that they had to complete for as long as they could. Little did the people know doing the study was that the quizzes were impossible to answer, so you, you couldn't really get the answers to the quiz. They were just curious to see how long you would try to complete the quiz for. They were willing to start trying to see how long you would mentally stick at the game before you would move on or before you would quit. The first group, the group who had the chocolate biscuits that smelt really good, lasted only a third of the time of the second group that had the non-tempting fruit in front of them. And the researchers come to the conclusion that basically the reason the first group gave up so quickly was that they'd worked so mentally hard to resist the beautiful cookies in front of them for the period of time before they went in to do the quiz. Whereas the second group didn't have to work mentally hard at all. And that at the end of the study, when they went into the test section, they had a lot more mental strength to work on. And the conclusion of the study really was that our mental strength is like, like your muscles really at the end of the day. That your muscles, you know, you, if you want to get stronger, you've got to work it out and you've got to keep working it out. And the more you work those muscles out, the stronger they get. 
And our mental strength is the same thing. We don't have an unlimited supply of mental strength. If you look at your day-to-day habits, they are just habits that you you know look at your day. Most of it is just habits that you have done the day before, the day before, the day before. How many times in your day do you have to do something that actually mentally challenges you to move forward? And so if you want to mentally move forward, it's like a muscle, a bicep muscle that you're trying to strengthen. And you have to build new habits on those mental strengths. We get fatigued when we're trying to change habits. So when you are looking to change your habits, realize it's going to be an ongoing process. And those small steps really count. To not beat yourself up. Because you know what? Maybe the muscle of your habit isn't that strong yet. But in the long term, if you keep working on it day in, day out, in small successful steps, you'll be able to create the change you desire. The next point I've got here is see the situation before it comes and plan how you're going to get through it. I know myself, I'm, I'm one of these people who kind of gets all into this kind of stuff anally, but my best days are the ones where I wake up in the morning and I visualize my day and the hard moments before I get out of bed. I'll look at my day, and in most days, you know, going back to that study we just talked about, I probably have four or five moments where I've got to make decisions that are harder than the normal, you know, everyday decisions. So while I sit in bed, I visualize those moments in my day where those hard situations are going to come along. It may be a resisting of temptation, it might be, you know, some hard training I have to do, it might be to stay focused on the work task I have to do. But if I sit in bed before I get up, spend five minutes seeing that moment, visualizing that moment, then suddenly when that moment comes along, it's like I've already made that decision before it comes along. So when you're thinking of those moments in your life where you make those bad emotional decisions, see the situation before it actually comes and visualize and plan in your head what are the actions you are going to take to get you through it. What are the rational decisions you can make to make you more successful in doing this? I've got a couple more quick points. Lose, 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 lose being bad around this you're not a bad person you're not a bad if you're overweight you're not a bad person if, if you're unfit you're not a bad person you just haven't got the best decision making process yet and it's just something you can work on but if you feel bad about something it's going to take you to that emotionally bad place and you're going to feel horrible about yourself and then it's it, it's not going to help you make good decisions So when you look at the areas where you are kind of losing the battle a little bit right now, try to remove that I am bad because of this. Because it doesn't help you in the process. And you know what, for a lot of you listening who who maybe be identifying with what I'm talking about right right now, this may be something you've had installed for your life for a very long time. So that's going to be a hard thing to break. But I suppose if we can go back to my mistakes are learning opportunities, you'll then be able to go, well, you know what? I'm not bad, I'm just, you know, I'm not bad, I'm not. I just need to learn how to make better decisions. And if you can create your own war plan to help you get through this, you'll start to feel better about yourself, which will then in turn help you to make better decisions. A um, couple other quick things. Look to the times in your life when you do get the emotional right, emotional decisions right. You know, when in your life are you making good emotional decisions? It might not actually be right now, but it might have been a time in the past or it might be a different area of your life. And what can you learn from yourself that made you to create those emotional decisions? 
You know, what did you do in a time when you, you know, when you were younger and, and eating wasn't a problem, or when you were younger and you exercised all the time? What was it about that time in your life that helped you to be successful? I think it's always good to look at what you have done. Uh, we can definitely learn from others, and there's heaps of value in learning from others. But if you can look at yourself and look at some of the things that you have done in the past, you've, you know, this is stuff that's installed in in the way you live, and you can look at what you've done and what you can transfer to these moments now. And then lastly, the last point I wrote down is, what would the irrational do? What would the rational me do right now? You know, and that may not help you lose the emotion, or not, I'm not sure, but I just think, you know, in that moment when you're getting awake, what would the rational do, you do right now? And that may be able to help you remove some of the emotion around what you're doing. When I sat down for for coffee with my friend earlier on, it was, the sad thing for me was, she is an amazing person. She has so much charisma, she has so much fun, she um, a highly intelligent woman who was hugely successful in the area she was in, and you got a feeling that this one area of her life where she wasn't very good at making decisions, where she made decisions based on negative emotions, was really holding her back. And for me, it was sad because she has so much to offer the world. And negative emotional decisions are a hard thing to overcome. But if you can set up your war plan, a plan that's going to help you take it to a positive emotional experience where you can make a rational decisions that are going to make you achieve what you want to achieve with your life, you're going to live in a place where your energy is so much better for yourself and those around you. This is one of those ones that's not, you know, snap of the fingers and it's going to change straight away. This is one of those ones that is, is the journey stuff. That the decisions you've made over the last period of time, it could be a year, two years, five years, could be your whole life, are going to need to change. I will talk to the first two podcasts I've done. I think, you know, listen to podcast number one again. Listen to, remember, small steps. What's the smallest step in the direction you need to go in in regards to this? And look at the environment you're in. What can you do to create environments that are going to help you move in the right direction? But I do think that our decision-making process, a lot of it is just learned behavior. And if you can learn or unlearn or create new behaviors that take you in the direction you want to go, you'll achieve massive results in the areas and the direction you want to go in your life. There you go, guys. That's uh, this month's show. So I uh, hope you got a lot of insight for that. I have created another worksheet to go alongside this. It's uh, I think I might even call it the war plan. Now, to be honest, I actually haven't completely finished it. I've spent a crazy week. I'm up in Auckland doing um, filming for Les Mills, which is just kind of like busy, busy, busy time. So I'll probably get that on the website over the next few days. I imagine most of you, by the time you download it, will be up there now. But the people who get the show really quickly, if you want to download that, it's it's $2 US to get it. Um, you go to www.bevanjamesisles slash fitnessbehavior and uh, you can get it from there. It's a PDF, a worksheet to help you devise your, your war plan, I suppose, so that you can be successful in moving forward and changing the emotional decisions that have a negative effect on your life. Uh, again, I always say it's, it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. You know, it's 
bit of time to spend to, to you to reflect and hopefully grow in this area of your life so you can make better decisions and, and get better benefits. And again, I've been getting lots of emails through this month. You guys are obviously uh, got some really good stuff coming through, which is really cool. And one thing I mentioned at the show's ending last time is the idea of having a uh, an outro for the show. And I'd love to have a really cool outro, but I, I think I want you guys to decide what it is. But what I'm going to do is, because I've put the, the I Like page on Facebook now, I want us guys to join up there as many as people as possible. And um, once you've done that, after a period of time, then we'll, we'll kind of have, like, let's, let's devise one together. So it's something we're working towards. Um, anything else you need to know? If you want to email me, uh, my email address is bevanjames at gmail.com and you can email me and I always respond within 24 hours. So um, you can come up with any ideas for what you'd like to hear in the future or just um, any comments on the show or just anything in general and that'd be really great. Um, just one thing I'd love for you to do is if you could go on iTunes and put some feedback on iTunes iTunes have been really great in promoting the show and I think that's partly because it's been pretty successful but if uh, if you guys can put some feedback on there it just helps give the show credibility and, and be honest you know say what you like about the show and that, that'd be really cool uh, next month I'm not sure exactly which one I'm going to do next month and maybe I'll do my nutrition one or maybe I'll do the other one I'm not sure maybe uh, around Christmas time the nutrition might, might be the better one to do but I um, just want to say uh, thanks for your time this month. It's been a wicked show, and uh, get on there. Get on, and I like my uh, Facebook page, and uh, we'll see you again next month, and rock on. I really do need an outro, don't I? I'll, we'll work on that later on. Righto, guys. Rock on. Rock on.